I really paid attention to what my body was telling me, what my emotions were telling me. Um, and I felt this kind of pressure in, uh, in the heart area. And, um, you know, following the chakra system, the fourth chakra is about love and compassion. And I was like, I'm certainly not feeling the love for my son. Like right now, I'm not feeling that connection, but there was something more. Welcome to the Dairy to Move podcast. I am your host, Colleen Wetmore. Each week, I will give you a guest or a thought that will help you become aligned with your soul and your life's purpose. We will have conversations about raw and real topics with inspiring and motivational individuals. So let's get deep, and I dare you to move into who you were meant to be. the dare to move podcast i'm your host colleen welcome 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 i'm so happy you're here um i am actually recording this before the election so i have um no idea the results yet as this is in the past so i guess we'll find out on wednesday on tuesday night tomorrow night because today's monday it'll be tomorrow so by the time this airs, we will already know who our president will be. I think it's going to be Trump. But I digress. I don't care. I think they all suck. And happy America. Good times, America. It's all good. Okay. I'm losing my mind a little. I'm very tired. It is Monday at 5 o'clock. It's already dark. It's very windy today. Wally's staring at me because he just wants to E-I-T. I can't pronounce the word because although they, they know what the word is. But he's literally staring at me. So it's quite funny. And obviously it's an hour ahead for him feeling-wise. So he's probably like, bitch, where is my food? My human? Uh-oh, I said F-O-O-D. He knows what that is, too. All right. Anyway... Um, I'm sending you all loving healing vibes because I know this week is going to be very difficult for a lot of you. So I'm sending it all good vibes your way, regardless of what happens, sending you good vibes. Okay. So today we have on Kiara. I loved talking with her. Uh, she reached out to me cause we are a part of a, we are, we are a part of a Facebook group together and She's wonderful, but we talked about her story of how she met her husband and the years, many years of them going back and forth because she's Italian and he's American. It's a really good story. She also has a book, which I put the link in the show notes. We talked about her spiritual journey, which was also the same time as meeting her husband. And we talked about postpartum depression and meditation and healing herself with the postpartum depression and, you know, just retraining our brain and working with the chakra system to heal our anxieties and depressions. And we talk about her readings that, so her intuitive readings that she does for people, I think are very cool. And yeah, we, I also asked her about how she feels about living in America now, because she's from Europe, obviously. So her answer is quite hysterical and 
I agree with it so, so much. So I know you guys will love her and love this episode. So I hope you all have a great week. Please do not let American politics ruin your week and your life. It's just not worth it anymore. Like, I get... I don't know. I I get that sometimes, I don't know. I'm in a weird place. I think it's just so much bigger than politics right now. So I just don't care at the moment, but I do care and the human part of me cares. And obviously human rights part of me cares. But the spiritual side is like, this is so much fucking bigger than a damn election. But I know that as a human... And every other human out there in America, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tough one. And the vibes are probably going to be very low. So just try to do stuff you enjoy. Try to bring out your inner child. Do fun childlike activities like coloring or watching movies you used to love as a kid. Just do stuff that brings you joy because it's going to be a hard week. But it doesn't have to be that hard. So I hope you have a good week. I'm sending you all positive and loving vibes. See you next time. So thank you, Kiara, for coming on. I'm so happy that you reached out to me and we actually found each other through a Facebook group we're a part of, full of nice, soulful, spiritual, woo-woo people, and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, me too. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So you have told me that you have a very interesting love story so if we could start off with that I'm very excited to hear about it (laughs) (laughs) okay yes so uh, I was born in Italy and um, I stayed there until after university and after university I wanted to move to London it was easy uh, before Brexit you know for Italians to just move to London find a job and so that's what I did and I started to work in a hotel I had studied tourism so I started to work in a hotel. And uh, one day, uh, it was September 2009, um, there's this couple um, who come for the check-in. And there's this young guy with them. Um, and um, the moment I see him, um, I hear, this is where spirituality also comes into the journey. Um, I hear a voice and it says, or whatever, you know, how you want to interpret it. Uh, it says, you're going to marry this guy. And it was really weird because I never believed in love at first sight. Um, and so, but this voice rang true to me and I always kind of follow my heart, my intuition. So, um, I didn't know what to do because he was there to help um, his parents. So I didn't know when I would see him again. And so I thought about it and, you know, the following days and I'm like, what am I going to do? Um, okay. So the day of the checkout, um, of this couple, I wrote a little note and I wasn't working that day. Like, so I gave it to my coworker and I said, at the checkout, please give this note to the son of this room. Tell them to give it to their son. Mm-hmm. And it was just a note, like saying, here's my phone number. Uh, do you want to hang out? <laughs> and so, um, so I heard from him after a week, um, he uh, sent me a text. He said he was traveling. He was in Europe. And he said, look, I finished my year of study in London. I would have loved to hang out with you. But unfortunately, this is the end of my European time. So I'm just going to travel um, a little bit in South America. And then I'm going to go back to the U.S., which is where I'm from. Mm-hmm. 
And so like a normal person at that point probably would have said like, okay, well, I guess this is it, right? But uh, instead, I I had that voice in my in my head, you know, and, and so I, I didn't even face it. And so we started to talk like while he was traveling in South America and I was working in London. Um, we were writing each other on, on Facebook. And so we kind of fell in love that way. Um, and at the end of the three months traveling, um, he uh, called me for the first time on Christmas Day, the end of 2009. He said, you know, like, why don't you come with, live with me in Seattle? And I was like, okay, I guess I'm crazy enough to do that, but why don't you come to London first so we can actually hang out, you know, physically, <laughs> kind of, because we hadn't had the chance to do that. And so he came in February 2010, and uh, we spent a wonderful week in London. We were just kind of like, kind of fairy tale love. Um, and then uh, I moved to Seattle. I didn't know, I mean, I had a tourist visa. I had no idea about the immigration laws. We, we didn't know anything. We just, we're just in love, you know. And so I, I went to Seattle with my tourist visa and, um, and then I started to understand the difficulties of like, you know, mm. really uh, getting a job and immigration. And let's say that the fairy tale kind of matched with real life. And at that point, things didn't go the way we expected. You know, he was kind of like, he had started a new job and I was felt lonely all day and he wanted his time. Um, and I, you know, we just didn't... Um, it didn't work out the way we expected. And so at the end of the three months, I moved back to Italy. We, we weren't broken up, but we were kind of like, okay, let's keep on chatting. You know, we'll see where it goes, but we didn't have concrete plans to see each other again. And so I, um, uh, yeah, moved back to Italy. And then I decided to move to Spain because I was uh, tired of the rain and the gray weather. And um, I moved to Tenerife, uh, which hmm. is an island of the Canary Islands. Um, and when I got there, um, I mean, the time there in the beginning was a little bit hard for me. I couldn't find a job. And in the meantime, I started to kind of, um, hurt myself because like I would not physically, but I would go and essentially stalk, um, stalk him on Facebook and seeing him moving on. Cause I started to see the photos of this other woman and, you know, even though she didn't tell me that she said this day, she said she was just a friend, but you can kind of see things unfolding. And, uh, I was kind of just like still in love. And, uh, obviously that, that didn't, uh, help me because spending hours online stalking someone is not being happy. Um, and so at the time that in Tenerife, I, I met this woman who was reading tarot, which is another like, part of my spiritual journey and so she told me this woman wouldn't be anything important in his life you know so she kind of like gave me information about what was going on um, mm-hmm. the other, on the other side of the world um and so here to cut the long story short because like really I can't go into all the details but essentially um we were supposed to meet uh in different places he didn't show up um and so we kind of like living in a way that um we didn't know exactly what was going on and I wanted to know because I hadn't seen him then. We're, we're talking about a couple of years that passed by kind of like this, talking and then eventually meeting and deciding to meet, but then it didn't happen. And so anyway, uh, after a couple of years, I was like, okay, I need to know. I need to understand what, what is going on here. And so I took a flight. I went back to Seattle. I didn't tell him and I showed up where he worked. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so I was like, either he calls the police or, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's true that I'm going to marry this guy and, uh, and it's, it's meant to be. And so I did. And, uh, I showed up where he worked and obviously he was shocked and, and he was living with this other woman at the time, you know, cause they kind of traveled together for a while and then they moved together, uh, moved, lived together. And so it was, um, kind of complicated the situation, but let's say slowly but surely he broke up with her. I went back to Italy and then eventually we moved to San Francisco and we got married in 2014. Wow. <laughs> so 2010 to 2014. Yes. Yes. And in the wow. middle, there are like, um, I, I wrote a book about it because it was such a crazy story and, you know, people go to the movies and think that this kind of story is just happening in the movies. And I wanted to kind of show with this book that it's not about the movies. It's about following your heart and your intuition and being persistent, you know, even when everybody thinks you're crazy. Um, I'm not advocating for that, obviously, to stalk people. Uh, but I'm just saying that there's like a deeper truth that you feel in your heart and like a strong intuition, like a spiritual message that comes to you. Um, you should follow it. And so, yeah, I, I published a book about it. And uh, the title is Two Years, Four Months, and Two Hours, which is the space um, in which we were separated. <laughs> wow. I'll, okay, you're going to have to send me the link to that book. <laughs> <laughs> I love stories like this. I am such like a hopeless romantic and movies and shows and what are they in books, they piss me off because I'm like, why can't I like have a love story like this? Like all my love stories like that where you didn't work out, which is fine because I'm not meant to be with that person. But I'm like, when you see it in real life, you're just like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, and I yeah, I wrote this book for hopeless romantics and this uh, and this idea that it's not true that things like that can happen. I had to go through a really really dark time to then find my happy ending. So it's about being you know strong and resilient through that time. And sometimes it's meant to be. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. But I'm glad sometimes it's just worked out. <laughs> So how would you say your relationship is now? Oh, you know, once um, he was able kind of to explain to me his shortcomings and the fear he had to essentially see me because he knew that once he saw me, he probably had to make a commitment. And, you know, especially, you know, living in the U.S., you know, you, have, you kind of have to be ready to get married very fast um, because, yeah. you know, it's just kind of something that, Eventually, it has to be on your mind. Um, um, and so um, he's a wonderful husband, and now we have a baby, like a one-year-old. And um, yeah, he's, um, he's amazing, and um, he never behaved in a way that he did before. It was clearly like, a, like an anxiety that he had to commit um, and promise something to someone like... Um, and you don't know how things are going to go because they have to go really fast if you want to live together in a foreign country where the other person has immigration issues and things like that. So, yeah. And so now things are great. Oh, that's so good. There's this movie called Like Crazy that I love. <laughs> and it's about she's, she's English and he's American. And the whole movie is just based on the relationship and trying to get visas and 
she ended up overstaying her visa in America and she wasn't allowed back in the country. And it was like years of this movie. And then she ended up, they ended up getting married and she still couldn't get an American visa for or green, like a citizenship or whatever. And then she ended up in like another relationship and then she finally gets like the citizenship for America. And then like the scene, like the movie's so good. And there's just a scene where they're like married still because they've been married for years and something. I don't know. It's a crazy, it's a good movie, but it's like that moment where you're like, you're in love with the person, but a lot has happened in those years and now you're actually living together and you're like, well, now what do we do? We just went through all this shit together, like separate and <laughs> together, dating other people. And now we can finally be together. Like it's, it's a good movie. I love it, but. Nice. I'll watch it. I never heard of it. Nice. Huh? <laughs> I'll watch it. You'll watch it? Is that oh it? yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll look for the movie and watch it. Oh, okay. Sorry. You broke up a little there. So I couldn't hear you. <laughs> That's so, and then I love that you went to see a tarot card reader. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know what? That. I didn't look for that. It was oh. a, like I met this friend, like in a cafe, you know, and we just started chatting. And it turned out she was a tarot reader. So I never even, you know, paid for the service because oh. she was a friend. So she would do it for me as a friend. So I was lucky with that too. You know, I had this kind of spiritual information coming, but nice. I, I didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love tarot cards. They're, they're really good. Some of them punch you in the face though. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have my... They're like, yeah, they're wisdom tools. I see them as, wisdom, as a wisdom tool. Yeah, I have oracle cards too. And I'm like, oracle cards are very gentle. And then tarot cards are just like deck you in the face to you know, wake up. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's, that's also a part of it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I love this story and I want to read your book. So you definitely have to send it to me. Um, the link, link for it. Um, okay. So you said you have a baby. And you mentioned to me about postpartum. So do you want to dive into a, a bit about that? Yeah. So uh, for me, uh, the journey, generally, the motherhood journey hasn't been uh, easy at all because uh, during pregnancy, I had like morning sickness the first couple of months. Um, and But then it became um, acid reflux throughout all the pregnancies. So I thought, it, you know, after the first couple of months, it would be fine. And then instead, I, had to, I, I didn't throw up every day or anything like that, but I did have that kind of urge kind of every, every time after eating. So it was just really hard to digest. And so I, I was really miserable. I never had the pregnancy glow they talk about, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, find yourself wondering like, oh, my friends with babies never told me about the bad part you know and like so I found myself being pretty miserable during pregnancy and then I wanted to have like a natural delivery I was you know obviously kind of open to the epidural but I wanted to things to be as natural as possible so I definitely dreaded the c-section and guess what happened uh yeah basically I had like an unplanned c-section my uh, the head of my son got stuck. And so after four hours pushing, they said, like, 
you know, you just can do it on your own. So we're just going to have to do a C-faction here. And obviously, at that moment, you're just exhausted. And I started to cry. And, you know, I went for surgery, whatever they needed to do. But my brain after that couldn't kind of process what had happened. Um, and so they had to give me um, anti-anxiety medita- medication. And uh, so that was traumatic for me. So I didn't like the pregnancy. You know, birth was traumatic. And so that didn't help. And so the first couple of weeks, I was also focused not so much on the baby because my husband was really up or he was always there you know he took some time off luckily he was able to do that but um physically it was painful because like the um, you know obviously you have to take like painkillers for the um, for the scar and um so it was hard to connect with the baby for that reason um and so I was also focused on my own pain and then but the problem with uh, depression and anxiety came when my husband went back to work because after a couple of months, he had to go back to work. And I um, couldn't process just being alone with the baby. Mm-hmm. Like, I hadn't accepted um, the responsibility that comes with it, you know, when you're like, we wanted this baby, you know, we planned it. Um, but my brain, I think, being always like a very... Um, free person and traveling around the world, this idea of like having this being that you have to take care of and essentially so fragile. Mm-hmm. That threw me into a really bad, dark time where, you know, I would have like compulsive thoughts about death, of death of the baby, you know, like you keep on replaying this like worst case scenarios in your mind and mm-hmm. it's exhausting and draining and terrible. Um, and so... So that was hard, and I talked to him, I talked to my husband, it's like, I'm going for something, I don't know what it is, um, I'm sad, I, you know, I wasn't sure what it was at the time, and so I tried to look for help, I talked to my OB, and uh, so I was open to getting external help. And I also wanted to talk to other moms who had gone through the same thing, and, you know, on Facebook you can connect with anybody Mm -hmm. so you're just in groups and you say like I'm looking for moms who went through postpartum and um but I realized that the more I talk about the feelings the worse I felt Mm -hmm. and I thought it would be like good to talk to other people because most most of the times we feel that slowly right knowing that other people went through the same experience but for me it was worse and so I was like no 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 I, I just can't you know and so I realized that I had to convince myself that it was temporary. Whatever was going on was temporary because I've always been a positive person, um, always in love with life. So that couldn't be my new normal. It was clearly temporary. So first of all, I tried to convince myself that it was temporary. And then I asked my family and friends to remind me of the person I was. So like, you are this, you know, like just as a reminder. Um, and so I um, didn't go with external help. I tried to go through it on my own. And um, so I had this moment of revelation where um, the chakra system, which is like a pillar for me, of like my life philosophy. Um, and so I really paid attention to what my body was telling me, what my emotions were telling me. Um, and I felt this kind of pressure in, uh, in the heart area. And, um, you know, Following the chakra system, the fourth chakra is about love and compassion. And I was like, I'm certainly not feeling the love for my son. Like right now, I'm not feeling that connection, but there was something more. 
And, you know, when you start to just question a little bit more your feelings and emotion and try to analyze them, you often get the answer. And so I thought about self-love and how all these thoughts about not being able to take care of my son, not, you know, um, just afraid to do the wrong thing that were making me feel almost like a bad person. And so once you start to think that about yourself, you stop loving yourself. Um, and so I realized that self-love um, was the issue. So the, the fact that I wasn't able to love my son, it wasn't because I wasn't loving him. It's because I had stopped loving myself. And once you don't love yourself anymore, it's just really hard to love someone else. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I realized that, I um, decided to uh, work on uh, retraining my brain, essentially through positive affirmations and meditations focused on the heart space and sending light. Um, and I was able to heal myself. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that you, because I, I was just telling my therapist today how, because there was a moment back in August when I realized that all I do is complain to her about my life and my problems. And I've always been a complainer and like a negative person. And I'm like, and I always was like, oh, I need to talk about it because I'm bottling it up inside and I need to vent it out. And I realized because she went on vacation, so I didn't see her for like uh, virtually see her for like a month. And I was like, you know what? I realized that complaining to my therapist isn't actually making me feel better. It's actually making it worse, which obviously spirituality and law of attraction and all that. We, we know that our words and our thoughts are very powerful in a sense. So that makes sense that you were kind of like, yeah, talking about this isn't actually helping me. And then you kind of went inward and you were able to figure out what was going on. So I think that's. Yeah. And the other, when you were talking about complaining, the other thing that I, I, the big, one of the biggest lessons was acceptance for me because throughout all the pregnancy and all that was going on that I didn't like, there was a lot of complaining, right? A lot of what I call now resistance, right? You don't accept what's going on, even if you can't control it. And that's really not a good idea because you're just bringing more pain to yourself. The moment you reject, the moment you resist, you bring more pain to yourself. And that's what I did to myself throughout all the pregnancy and all the experience was just about complaining. And I think I, you know, when you accept something, it's just so liberating because if you can take steps to fix things, you do it. And if you can't, you let go. And so there is a freedom connected to acceptance that I realized and learned. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. I feel like it's like, yes, yeah, stuff, bad stuff, quote unquote, because there's obviously polar polarity in this world, but it's like the bad stuff doesn't have to be so bad if we kind of just Except like, yes, the situation sucks. It's shitty. It's horrible. It's whatever, but it's happening to you or for you. It's happening. So you just might as well accept it because the resistance, I think, just makes it worse. And then once you accept it, like you said, yeah, you have the freedom. And I think you have like the clarity of like, oh, I can actually fix this myself for the most part for some things. 
I mean, I think some things you do need external help for, but not, not a lot. <laughs> I mean, we all have, um, of course, the external help is always appreciated in certain moments of um, our lives. But I think what I learned too is that we all have that strength inside to self-heal. And yeah. it's about, obviously, it's about a lot of uh, believing you can, you know, mm-hmm. convincing yourself that you can and be disciplined. So if you work with positive affirmations, then you got to do it. You got to do it first thing in the morning before going to bed. You have to choose a specific time and be consistent because you're retraining your brain. Yeah. So I think that we can always retrain our brain no matter how dark things can get. That's, that's another big, you know, truth that I learned. Um and the other is that um, the problem that we have in general humans is that we are not able to accept emotions for what they are. Mm-hmm. There's like a metaphor that is very important is that we are the ocean and uh, emotions are waves. So the thing is that they're temporary, right? And what happens though is that our brain is programmed to um, ask for meaning, uh, trying to analyze, investigate, and sometimes it's good, but sometimes it, it, it gets you into this negative spiral where like you just make things bigger. And so if you start to realize that emotions are temporary and you actually tell your brain that like, yeah. like loud, as loudly as you can, you're like, Hey, you know, when your brain takes you to that dark place, you talk to your brain and you just say, Hey, this is temporary. It's just an emotion. Accept it, breathe into it and let it go. And um, if you just tell your brain this like over and over again, it will be retrained eventually. Yeah. I think, and I think a lot of people get stuck in that, stuck in that victim mentality. And they, sure. they, they don't like, they are like, because they say, why is this happening to me? And they think it's going to be forever. And then they get stuck in victim mode and then they can't get out of it. And it's just, just endless, never ending cycle. We, yeah, we all do that. And we're all, yeah, we're all guilty of that. But I think in the end, it's, it's about, yeah, that kind of believing you can really retrain your brain and be disciplined when you choose the tools to work with. Yeah, I agree. And then um, I also think, so I'm diving deep onto like matrix stuff and society and stuff. And I just realized that I don't think people really realize that we are more powerful than we think. And then we're that then, and we're more powerful than what we are told growing up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I agree with you. And I think that spirituality can unlock that so for Mm -hmm. me it's been kind of a journey of unlocking that power and I think that we all have that and so we all have intuition we there are obviously people that come with certain gifts you know but like we all can develop it and and so um we can all self-heal in a way um yeah yeah and then I also think that society kind of doesn't want us to feel emotions or we're like called babies if we're or snowflakes if we're too emotional but it's like if you don't face your emotion head on you're gonna hold on to it mm-hmm. and then it's just gonna bury deep inside and then you're gonna either have disease or anxiety depression like something's gonna come up and then okay, yeah, it will come deep, we just go straight to doctors. 
which is nothing wrong with that, but like, yeah, just like I was saying, we just don't believe that we have the power. Yeah, yeah, totally. We are just very much used to always ask for external help, which is totally fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with it, but there are things that can work in concept, right? We don't have to choose one, uh, but we can't go to someone and expect this person to fix our problems. That's not how it works, you know? Right. Which is what I think we do. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. We do that. Oh, so do you want to just briefly mention the chakra since I know you mentioned the heart chakra? I think I've talked about it before on the show, but if you want to just talk a little bit about them. Yeah, so, you know, I believe that we are made of energy too. And this energy field that we have um, is, um, is composed by the like main seven energy centers. And each one of them um, relates to a specific area of our life, um, starting from uh, the base of the spine with the first chakra, the root chakra, that is about, you know, safety and security, so our basic needs. Um, then going down, going up to the sacral, that is um, our, like, in our belly, and it's, it's about our emotions uh, and relationships, the power dynamics in, in relationships. Um, and then going up to the solar plexus, located okay, in the stomach, that um, is about our um, power, our sense of identity, so our personal power. Um, and then um, up to the fourth chakra, the heart chakra, is about love and compassion, self-love. And the fifth, the throat chakra, is about um, communication and self-expression. Uh, the sixth is the third eye located in the forehead, um, which is the center of our intuition, and the seventh, the top of our head, is our connection with um, the bigger truth, um, God, the universe, our higher mm -hmm. self, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And I think that anything uh, goes back to it. Once you're able to see your life um, in a way that is a little bit bigger and more spiritual, and you realize the everything, every thought, every action, every choice uh, affects this energy field, then you can really use it as a roadmap to heal. Do you think if you work with your chakras, you can overcome anxiety and depression and other things? Yes, because it depends on the root of that problem. Um, so um, essentially you have to dig a little bit more into your life as a whole um, because this chakra develop at different stages of our life. Obviously, they can get blocked at different times, so even as an adult. But let's say if you had issues the first month when you were born and uh, you were neglected or let's say you were abandoned, like obviously the root chakra is a big uh, something to deal with in your life. And so you have to use uh, like techniques to be able to feel more grounded, more connected to the earth. Um, and so I use these different tools that go from visualization to positive affirmation. And you can use like these different tools in concert. Um, and, and yeah, I, I do believe that if you are disciplined and you use them um, in, in concert, as I said, you can really heal. Hmm. So I'm curious to know what your opinion is on anxiety because for me I do believe in mental illness I do but I also believe that 
anxiety and depression, at least just these two, obviously there's whole like schizophrenia and all this other stuff. But I think to me, anxiety, depression is just your body telling you that something in your life is not right, quote unquote, something in your life is out of alignment or like, I just see anxiety and depression as having so much, it's like a superpower. Like, it's like, hey, something's wrong here and you need to go and fix it or figure out what it is. Because I know for me, I have a lot of panic attacks when I'm at work because I don't like my job. It doesn't serve me. And for a long time, I was just like, oh, I just have panic attacks. It is what it is. Like, I couldn't figure out for the life of me what was wrong until I finally asked it, like, what is this anxiety? So I'm just curious what your opinion is on, like, anxiety and depression. I think it's connected to a specific um, either episode, like, of our lives or, um, you know, choices that we made or um, so there is, like, a, like something that happened uh, something in your life that, as you were saying, is wrong and causes anxiety. But um, it can be classified, I think, as a... So what I don't like, let's say, about Western psychology is that there is a way to disclassify things and put a label on it. For me, for example, my anxiety was connected to a lack of self-love, right? Yeah. But your anxiety could be connected more to a sense of power and identity. So it's more like your stomach that it's actually the uh, your first chakra more than um, others that is suffering right now because you feel that you're powerless. Many people who probably have a job they don't like feel this sense of like, who am I? Who am I? Because obviously this society tells you that you're your job, you know? And so there is like a crisis that many people, um, I believe, have in the third chakra, in the solar plexus, because it's about their sense of power and identity. So that anxiety is tied to a specific um, area of your life or trauma, because obviously, you know, some people have like really bad traumas and, and those, um, even, even though maybe you think you overcome them, they maybe come back to haunt you or you know they're kind of always there with you and it's just about to me the idea shouldn't be to um remove anxiety from our life because it's not easy and you know it's, if you start with that goal you're gonna, not gonna go anywhere to me the goal is take power away from anxiety once you start mm -hmm. to accept this as an emotion and something temporary, like a panic attack that you were talking about, it's something temporary. It's not there to stay. This doesn't mean that it's pleasant. It just means that if you breathe into it and accept it and tell your brain that it's temporary and it's not there to stay, you take power away from anxiety. Next time, the attack is maybe going to last a little bit less. You know, and that's your job. It's just like to reduce the attacks, to reduce the duration. It's hard to say, like you know, thinking about removing anxiety from our lives. It's it's not it's not the goal. I think the goal is to take power away from it. Yeah, I actually really agree with that. Take power away. Yeah, because they always just um, and there's nothing wrong with Western. Like I'm very. I'm in the middle with Western and Eastern medicine and stuff. It's, I don't know, because I try not to like, because I think mental illness is a huge issue, but so I don't want to take, unvalidate anybody who has mental illness. But for me, 
like I love what you're saying, like do not, because they try in Western medicine, they just try to remove it by drugging you up. But you're not actually getting yeah. to the root of the problem and they're not really giving you tools how to deal with it, figure out what's wrong. But I like that you said, but is to take the power away from the anxiety or the depression. Yeah, because it has a lot of power, power that we give uh, this emotions, this feeling, like we give those feelings on, and emotions yep. this power and we can take it away from it. And yes, Western psychology is, is great, you know, like for some people, I don't think it's the right tool for everybody, right. um, especially for people who are very, very self-aware already. Like, you know, there are people who have no clue you know, they're not in touch with their yeah. feelings, with their emotions. So then I think that it's a great introduction, you know, to go to a Western psychologist because they can help you at least being aware of certain things. Yeah. But if you have a really high level of awareness, I think that spirituality is probably, I'm just going to say, the only thing that can help you. For it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I mean, I know some people who are on medication, but I also know that they're not very self-aware. So <laughs> they're like <laughs> aware of the problems in a way, but their mind just, they don't have the power, the feel the power within themselves that they are powerful human being or a being. Cause I believe that we're also not just humans, but that's like a story for another day. But <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just see them living their lives and, it kind of breaks my heart because I'm just like, you have so much more power within you that you could be tapping into and you're not, and you're just relying all on medicine, which I don't think is bad. They need the medicine, but they could still take the medicine, but tap into the power at the same time. And they're just not. And I'm just like, oh, it's breaking my heart. <laughs> I agree with you. Yes. Yes. But, um, yeah, it, it really breaks your heart. I have, uh, you seem to be like an empath. Like I, I am an empath too. Yeah. So sometimes I take the, the problems of other people and the problems of the world. Almost, like I feel the weight on my shoulders, you know, and that's kind of like when I went, when I was younger, I wanted to be a psychologist and I didn't pursue mm. that because I had too much empathy. I was afraid of just going home and thinking about the problems of other people. So I was like, no, I don't think I can do this. But then, see, sometimes you, like, revisit that idea in a non-conventional way. So that, that's how the idea of my business kind of came. Mm. Okay, so I, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, essentially, I wanted to help people in a way, like, um, to deal with their mental health. But because I've read so much about spirituality and met spiritual teachers who had an impact on my life, I didn't I didn't think that the right path for me was like going back to school and study psychology because psychology because now I believe different things and so I was like well every time I read a book or I learn something um, you know I take whatever resonates with me and throughout the years I created like my small religion you know that is based on the chakra system and the soul path so I have all these kind of um tools in my mind that I use in my business to help people. So the idea is, um, so I talk to um, the person for an hour. I ask them to fill out a form that has specific question and can help me understand where the, the chakra blockages are. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But I talk to the person for an hour to discuss a little bit and also feel the person and ask um, additional questions. And then I take some time to think about the person, really like um, focus my intuition on that person. And um, and I write down an analysis of their chakra system. So I tell them exactly what's going on in their life and why there are blockages. And then I give them tools to remove the blockages. So um, depending on the person, I use, uh, in general, I use visualization tailored to the person. So I listen to my intuition and I give person an email this person has to focus on during meditation. Um, then positive affirmations, low attraction sometimes, gratitude sometimes. It depends on the person. It's really subjective. It's a tailored plan. Then I do a little introduction about um, astrology and Ayurveda. It's just a little thing, but it, it's just a, a couple of more elements that help me understand. And I don't see astrology necessarily as, like it has many aspects, but I look at the four elements. And let's say if someone has a lot of water in themselves, well, you know, it, it gives me an idea of like also why certain chakras can be blocked and why this person can be very emotional or not. And the Ayurveda is another additional tool that can help the person um, uh, change certain behavior or do specific activities based on their profile. And then I end with two uh, tarot reading. And I use tarot in a way that is different like than um, the common way is used. So I don't ask the person to tell me what they want to know. I... I'm open to receive, um, and mm-hmm. so I asked to I asked the child to share wisdom with me for the person, nice. and then I ask uh, what the person needs to learn in this lifetime. So the idea is that my core belief is that our souls made spiritual contracts before coming into this lifetime, mm-hmm. and so we all have specific le- lessons we decided to learn, and that's why there are recurrent events in our lives. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we just need to learn that specific lesson. And so I asked the tarot, what is the lesson that this person needs to learn? And I put together all of that into a written document. Oh, that's, I love that. Because that's so unique because obviously there are a lot of readings and a lot of, ooh, it's 555 here. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I love it when I look up and I see numbers. I'm like, yay. Um, Yeah, especially number 11. (laughs) Yeah, I love I'm I'm a one 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 person. I see that a lot. Like if I get really nice. negative or something, I get one one one. My angels are like, Colleen, you need to change your own mindset here. I'm like, okay, good, thank you. I got it. I'm being negative at work. Got it. Okay. But yeah, so I, I just love because there's so there's there's so many intuitive readings out there. They're all kind of not all kind of the same. They all have a little bit different, but yours is different because you're sending them like a document. Uh, like a pdf or word doc of like like what a summary of everything and then like extra stuff too yeah like uh like in a, i call it report because it does an analysis of your chakra mm-hmm. and your blockages and then action plan because i give you some tools mm-hmm. it's essentially about self-healing tools and the source path is it's like something more about hey this is why you're here you know and i think it really helps people to understand that you're just more than this body that your soul needs to learn this so you know if you like i also had really bad experiences in the workplace and like I think that one of my lessons is to become an entrepreneur. And I finally just learned it in my 30s. But I went through like from job to job and always hating it and having bad experiences. Yeah. And I'm just not cut out for it, you know? And yep. I think that's kind of like 
one of the last ones, obviously. Mm, patience is another big one for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, I love that because I always leave a reading sometimes and I'm like, what the hell just happened? What was I just told? Like, yeah, you get sometimes they'll send you like recordings on Zoom, but then you're like, oh, I got to sit here for an hour and something and re-listen to it all. And so I love that you send them something that they can read and keep with them forever and go back to it if they need to. And I love that you tell them what their soul lessons are because I feel like that's everyone's problem. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, what are we here to learn? Which I think when you realize what your soul lessons are, I think that helps you find your soul's purpose too. Yes, yes, exactly. Because that's another big question. What, What am I here to do on planet Earth? Well, you have lessons that you need to learn. So, I mean, I guess they're kind of similar, huh? I don't know. That's interesting. Soul lessons. Yeah, I love the the idea that it's something written that people can go back to anytime they want. And it's also empowering. It's about, hey, here's all you need. Now you got to do the work, you know? (laughs) So I don't know if you mentioned this. Refresh my memory if you did. Sorry. Um, How did this idea come about? (laughs) Oh, so, um, you know, 2020... Um, I think in general is about um, looking inward because we're staying home. We can do the you things. Start, oh yeah, we, you started it this year, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, I think it's because we are um, in a moment where we can do many of the activities that we used to do, right? And so we, many people are already, you know, talking bad about this year and then can't wait for it to end. But mm. to me, even though it's been hard, for different yeah. reasons for me you know I wasn't able to see my parents yet this year and they didn't meet their grandson and they're in Italy so that's that's hard but I you know the idea is that if you look inward if you use this year to work on yourself and really understand what you really want to do in this lifetime um honestly many people lost their job and they're thoughtful but maybe not maybe it's they really need to think about it and like what do I really want to do and so it's a year that is made for that. And so I've been using it to work on myself a lot. <laughs> and so I was thinking about the fact that being a writer is great. You know, I publish um, articles and things like that, but it's a tough word because it's made of a lot of rejections and it's just incredibly hard to make it. Mm-hmm. And I felt I needed something more fulfilling and that could really help people in a more meaningful way. And so I thought about that um, idea of wanting to be a psychologist when I was younger. And, um, but then, as I said, I was like, I don't think that going back to school and study psychology for me. And so um, what happened is that I I started to think about what can I do? You know, like I look into becoming a life coach or, but I was like, nothing really fit the, the, the idea that I had in my mind. And so I woke up one night and I had the plan and I totally believe in, in spirit, in spirit guides. And then I'm pretty sure that night I woke up at 3 a.m., whatever that was, and I had the plan. And I was like, this is what I have to do. I have to use writing and spirituality and combine them. And, and this is what I'm going to do. And it was clear in my mind. And it's so easy to launch like a, like an online business nowadays. You know, and my husband is a graphic designer. So I'm really lucky he made the website for me. And so it was great. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then you go for it. (laughs) That's awesome. 
Yeah, I I know like a spiritual community where like 2020 has been like freaking awesome. Yes, it's still heartbreaking. Yes, it's still we're grieving, but we're realizing that it's the awakening happening. So we're kind of like, yes, <laughs> we're ready for it where everyone else is like, oh my God, when is it going to go back to normal? And I'm like, it's never going back to normal. We are like... <laughs> We're like on a freaking age of Aquarius right now. Let's do this shit. So, um, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, it really adds to be spiritual in a year like this. If I didn't have spirituality, I don't know. I would have gone crazy already. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I am not the same person I was in February. Not at all. Just same. I am same not at all the same person. And I'm so much happier now and everything. But And it's funny because... My friend, she's probably still in the matrix brain and she and she makes these beautiful crafts, arts and crafts, like wreaths, like she's so talented. And I'm like, you need to make an Etsy shop and you need to start selling the shit and making this your business. And cause she and she became unemployed because she was working at a hotel and they closed permanently because of COVID. And I'm like, you need to be on Etsy, start making the shit and selling the shit for people. And she's like, no, no, no. I need to focus on my career. And I just like face palmed. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, it's, you're doing this for a reason. Stop focusing on your career. You're unemployed. You'll be okay. <laughs> and I just, I was just like, oh, I wish I could like shake her and be like, no, you need to be selling your beautiful crafts and making more money than you've ever made in your entire life. Like, ugh. If she's listening to this, I love you and take this as a sign. <laughs> but I just, it just frustrates me because I'm just like, I know you could be doing so much better because she hated her job too. She hated it. So I'm like. Yeah, well, I think yeah. that most people are doing this, you know, are transforming and awake, you yeah. know, the awakening is happening for many, many people. Obviously not everybody. I know. But, and it's hard know. when it's people you care about because you're just like. Oh, you're like, you hated yeah. your job. Why are you going to go find another one that you hate? I don't understand it. So, <laughs> but that's that. So, you know, um, so what would, I don't know which questions I want to, I have three, I have three written down, but um, hmm, all right, I guess we'll talk about this one first. So what would you say your most powerful Claire is? My most powerful what? Claire. So like clairvoyance, claircognizance. Oh, oh, God. I call it. them Claire's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> got it. Um, you know what? I'm on a journey to discover that I'm going to take like a class. I'm going to do oh, a nice. session. Um, um, I'm going to do a session with someone, uh, you know, like a kind of quantum healing where the, the person calls in your spirit guides and they, your under up noses. So I'm on a journey to discover that. I think it's probably like a level, a high level of intuition that could become potentially a bit, you know, like being able to get some information, read the Akashic records, but um, I haven't done that yet. So okay. I feel like this developing. <laughs> I feel like you're probably very clairsentient and claircognizant probably okay because that's like a feeling when you're reading for someone you get like feeling or like a knowing that something I don't know maybe 
but all right yeah that's, that's, that's to let yeah, me know yeah. how that work goes works out <laughs> yeah totally I'm very oh. interested I love knowing what people's I get I don't know if they're called psychic gifts maybe I don't know but we're I didn't know all the like specific terms you're just teaching me Claire like all the different Claire um you know so yeah there's so right many now. there's so <laughs> many it's like there's one that has like taste and smell and it's basically all of our five senses but heightened in like the spiritual world I guess because there is five, I think there's five or six clairs. So it, it, and they all go with our five senses. So our like physical five senses. So I find it very fascinating. Yeah, it is. Wow. So much, so much. So uh, you'll have to let me know what happens with that when you, when you finish all that, because I'm, I'm very interested in all this stuff. Um, So I kind of want to jump back into anxiety a little bit. So how can someone take their power back with the anxiety like what are some good tools um so I think I mean what worked for me um the best tool is first of all to accept the feeling the the emotion when it comes don't try to resist it don't try to reject it don't try to distract yourself you know because like many people are like oh when anxiety comes I just uh, try to go whatever clean the house I have a friend that said recently I just clean everything I'm like great it's gonna come back you know that mm. so um sit when it comes sit with it sit in, in a place that in a comfortable position whatever that is for you that makes you feel uh comfortable and breathe breathe into it breathe into it and then I personally like talking to my brain like out loud so when the attack the attacks came and I would just tell my brain in that moment um, here here it goes again you know like almost if the anxiety was um, an unwanted guest um, you can even give it a you know give it a name uh, if you want Mm -hmm. when anxiety comes you actually call it by name and you're like oh here you are again you know Mm -hmm. Um, you know this is this is just uh, you're just not here to stay it's it's just a moment in time. It's, it's going to go away. Um, just really talking to your brain and every time uh, keep on telling your brain this. And you can, you can write down your, the words that work for you. Um, but I would say talk to your brain out loud and do it all the time. Every time you have one of these moments. Um, yeah, and it's not going to go away immediately. And so you just can't give up, right? You have to do it again the second time. I guarantee you'll notice um a change in, in the duration, at least, you know, and that's already huge, you know. If a panic attack or an anxiety attack lasts, used to last like, I don't know, three minutes, and now it's one minute, yeah. um, it's huge, you know, and, and it's gonna, it's gonna get better. I personally think that talking to your brain is the best thing you can do. I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was funny because. I forget like if I have my boyfriend over or my dad stops by I forget that they're here and I'm like talking to myself out loud and they're like uh I'm like oops <laughs> like I'm in the other room talking to myself like all the time so good, it good. yeah so I agree with that like well I mean I just talk to myself in general regardless of anxiety or not but I feel like it that does make sense because I think once you 
start talking to it, like you're saying, it'll lessen the attacks and it will retain your brain because yeah. next time your brain will expect that and the time after that it will expect that. Yeah. And all of a sudden you don't even realize that it learns the lesson. Yeah. Um, it's like a muscle, like anything else you do. It's just that people get really overwhelmed because they think they can control their brain. And it's not true. You you can. Yeah. Yeah, I do notice that if I'm in very conscious mood, I guess, I can feel like a panic attack coming and then I just deep breathe into it and then it doesn't come really. But if I'm like subconsciously pissed off at work or whatever, I get a panic attack and I'm like, yeah, I was not aware of my, like I basically wasn't in the present moment aware of what was happening to my body, basically. Yeah. And just the fact that you are talking about this and you are aware of that, you, you know, it means a lot. It means that you're already doing the work. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've had an attack in a while. But I know that all of my attacks now are just, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this job anymore. I have, I have, like, I could be helping people doing something. Like, mine are just... A lot of them are my thoughts that come up that I then I start developing the panic attack and I'm like, no, no, it's okay. So yeah, I know a lot happy. of it is me like saying something. You keep on talking to keep on talking to yourself, to your brain, and you know, it's a, it's the work of a lifetime. Again, as I said, it's never about removing anxiety. I don't know if that's possible, but it shouldn't be the goal for now. <laughs> yeah. So this is just like a side question. I'm very curious about how your experience has been living in America versus Europe. I lived in Europe for six months in London, uh, 25 minutes outside London. And I traveled all across Europe and I'm like, America sucks. Oh, <laughs> We're man. just so much more stressed. I feel so I'm very interested into like hearing like how you see that. <laughs> Look, there are things that I, I'll never, I'll never really digest. Like it's just like it's just something that some things make me really crazy. Well, obviously, let's leave politics aside. I guess yeah. because it's like terrible. So I don't want to go into that. But let's say in general, this idea that you are your job drives me nuts. Um, your identity is your job. Like the first question that people ask is like, "What do you do for a living?" It's like, oh man, I just don't get it. The fact that you have to work hard, that like you get to rest just if you work hard, like if it was something like a reward, right? No, I was born in a country where rest is something is a right. Like you want to rest? You don't want to do shit today? Don't do anything. You know, you don't have to justify it. I find it crazy that here, like the fact that you don't work, that you're not being productive means that you're a loser or like a... I'm more lazy, like, I, this drives me nuts, you know, this is the first thing that comes to mind, um, um, yeah, I think it, Italians definitely know how to enjoy life more, mm -hmm. and I don't think Italians are perfect by any means, I right. think that a good mix of the two cultures would be great, because Italians are too lazy, sometimes it's true, <laughs> I mean, you need a balance for everything, right, yeah. um, but yeah, in general, not to get in too much into politics, the idea that this country is so rich and can take care of its people, mm -hmm. it's just like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> just like just driving me mad. Yeah, um, I mean, so these, are, 
<laughs> yeah. That yeah, I like we don't have paternity leave mostly. Like it's not a national thing. We don't have health care. We don't have our vacation days are so low in comparison to Europe. What else? Like working is so it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> It is. No, I know. I, I, if you, yeah, if you spend some time in Europe, you, you, you open. Oh yeah, I came home and I'm like, I don't want to live in America anymore. My family's here, so that's why I'm here. But got it. I, yeah. I mean, I noticed that, like in Italy and Spain, like everything, everybody's late to everything. Yeah, me and my friend were late to our bus in Spain, 10 minutes late, and it still didn't leave, and we were on time. I'm like, how are we running down the street to get to our bus, and we're 10 minutes late, and it still didn't leave yet? I'm like, okay. But, yeah, it's just a I I love Europe so much. I mean, granted, every country has its problems, so no country's perfect, but I just think Europe's mindset is a little bit better. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Especially um, Italy. I love Italy. Oh, I love Italy so much. Uh, yeah, I hope I can go see my family for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I know I have to quarantine for 14 days, but I think it's time to do it. You know, it's mm-hmm. okay. We'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, I love, like, I love the Italian culture, too. <laughs> I just, I'm obsessed. I, I was obsessed for a little bit. I just, I don't know. All right, so I'll ask you two more questions and then we'll wrap it up. Um, so is there anything else that you would like to share with somebody as we're wrapping up? <laughs> oh man, I feel like I share so much of <laughs> um, um, no, I think I found like mainly the things that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, it was a very um open discussion where we get I got to talk pretty much all the points, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So a question okay. I ask everybody is what would you tell someone who feels stuck with their life? Um, I would tell them to um start to listen um to their body more, to the look look out and be um just very open to receive. Um we all have this our spirit guides who are ready to talk to us in any moment, but the secret is to be open to receive. Um, and so I think that the idea is to just get more in touch with your, um, your feelings, your emotions, to accept them, as I said before, to really never reject anything that comes because it's, uh, it has a message for you, even if it's negative, it means you have to change something. So become more self-aware, um, and then if you feel like it, um, try to investigate a little bit more things that are wrong in your life and where they come from. If you want, do a little bit of investigation and um, listen to your intuition. Open up that open up that third eye, even though to open up that intuition and that third eye, you need to kind of take care of the blockages because if there are lower blockages, your third eye is not going to open. So it's all about, you know, taking care of the things that are wrong in your life and you, you're going to know what they are only if you 
silence the mind, if you're open to receive, and if you get in touch with your emotions, your body, your feelings. Mm-hmm. Love it. Where can people follow you and connect with you? Um, so I have a website that is like my name, Chiara B, like Bravo, Townley, all one word, Chiara B, Townley. Uh, and then uh, you can find like all the links to my social media there too, you know, and you can um, find information on my guidance project there. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on. I love thank talking. You so much for that, Nicole. I love talking spiritual with people. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs>